The Panthers got it done. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, and in this week, we'll be talking about the Pitt vs. Syracuse game. Pitt got the win, 21-10 to was the final score. We're going to be talking about everything we saw in that game, uh, the highlights, some of the lowlights, uh, how this Pitt team has looked after the first two weeks, and then we'll start talking about the Louisville game coming up this weekend and uh, where we can watch it, uh, talk about the ACC network a little bit, and then some new, uh, new uniforms. So we'll get to all that later in the show. Let's start with the Syracuse game. And this game, like I said, 21-10. It was so obvious that this game was not going to be a blowout. It was just so obvious. I said it on the podcast last week uh, that when Pitt was favored by three touchdowns, that was the easiest money, if, if you bet, that's the easiest money that you could possibly make. First of all, Pitt almost never wins a game, uh, an ACC game, by three touchdowns. Just almost never happens. And so if Pitt is ever favored by three touchdowns in an ACC game, uh, you know that uh, you might know something that the bookmakers might not because Pitt never is able, they don't really get blown out, but they also don't blow anyone else out. And certainly not Syracuse. Those teams always play each other pretty close. So it was very obvious this game was not going to be a blowout. It was not surprising uh, that that it was a 10-point game. I think I said on the podcast last week, you can go back and check, I think I said uh, that it would be a 10-point game. It turned out to be 11 points. So one point off, not not too shabby. Uh, so, it, you know, if you bet the line, if you're a betting person, you bet the line, you won. Because Pitt just doesn't blow out teams. That's been a problem. And at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. But this has been a problem for Pitt for years now. And... It seems like it's going to continue this year. We'll see. A lot of games still to happen. But the teams that Pitt should beat, and Syracuse is one of them with how they're playing this year, particularly their offense, Pitt should have run away with that game, and they didn't. Not too surprising. Like I said, it pretty much happens to every Pitt team year in and year out. But it doesn't look like it's going to change this year so far. Pitt did not run away with that game like they probably should have based on a talent level. But again, that just always seems to happen for Syracuse. In terms of the game itself, it was an extremely ugly game. Just not a pleasant one to watch. It kind of stinks. You know, college football's back, and it's not even like there were a ton of options because this past Saturday there was no SEC football yet, and there was still no, you know, Big Ten football is, is a little ways away. So all you're really talking about is the ACC, the Big 12, and a couple independents. So there wasn't too much that you could flip to, and uh, and Pitt did not have a very good game. It was just not a very good college football Saturday. It was it was ugly. There were a ton of flags. Neither team really ever got into a rhythm. Syracuse went with their backup quarterback at one point because Tommy DeVito, their starter, got injured. Uh, that actually happened to be their only touchdown of the game. But just neither team was really able to get into a rhythm on offense. It wasn't too exciting. Like I said, lots of flags, lots of stop and start. And ultimately, the team in this game looked like they did last year, which is a very good defense, might make a mistake or two, but a very good defense that for the most part is going to shut down the other team. The offense is okay, better than the year that sort of ironically that they made it to the ACC championship game better that that was maybe the worst offense I've ever seen from Pitt. And yet they somehow made the ACC championship game, but the offense is better than that, but still not great. And 
a special teams that's having some problems and and some problems that you're going to have to address. It pretty much looked like what we saw from the Panthers last season was that great defense, okay offense, weak special teams. And week one, the Panthers came out and Pat Narduzzi said that they wanted to make a statement. They wanted to come out and say, we're not like the pit teams of the past. And they did in week one against Austin P. Week two sort of brought everything back down to earth. Week two, the way that they played, the way that everything turned out, it sort of said, yeah, this is the same old pit. Now, ultimately, give them credit, they're 2-0. They won the game, which is something that, if you're talking about Pitt, maybe under Paul Chris, and even before that, they wouldn't even win the game. They would blow that game. Hell, they would have blown the Austin P game. So, it's certainly better, and Pat Narduzzi is better than Paul Chris and Todd Graham and things like that. But, when you talk about the, the Pat Narduzzi pit, this seems to be what we can expect is for the most part, you're going to beat the teams that you should. Occasionally, it won't work out that way. But for the most part, it'll happen. It will just almost never be dominant. You'll have to fight really hard for every win, and it's going to be scrappy, and it's going to be ugly. And you might come out with a win over a weaker team, but you're not really going to come out of Saturday feeling good about everything. So it seems like Pitt hasn't changed a ton in since from last year. It seemed like pretty much the same team. And, of course, what that means is that the defense, the one highlight, is that the defense, again, looks excellent. Again, there was that one play that Pitt gave up the touchdown. It was the backup quarterback was in the game for Syracuse because DeVito got hurt, and the wide receiver just blew right past Jason Pinnock. It was an ugly play uh, for the senior, and Syracuse was able to get the touchdown. Outside of that, though, the defense was excellent. And there was a huge return for Rashad Weaver, who hadn't played in over a year. And so for him, that's a big, big comeback. And uh, and so you're, you're just really happy for him. You're happy to see that. And for what he did, he was named the Walter Camp Defensive Player of the Week. And again, I know SEC is not playing Big Ten, Pac-12, but still, that is a big honor for a guy who was an excellent football player on the defensive end and then was out all last season. And Pitt missed him dearly. Even with the great defense from last year, just think of how much better it could have been with Rashad Weaver. Well, we saw him on the field, and he was excellent. Like I said, Walter Camp, Defensive Player of the Week. Take a look at the defense as a whole. When you compare them to the other defenses in this uh, country at the moment, now again, I'll, I'll have to keep saying this caveat, no SEC yet, no Big Ten yet, there's not going to be Pac-12, it looks like. Now, all that being said, Pitt is third in the nation in total defense. And when you talk about just teams that have played two games so far, Pitt is number one in total defense because there are some teams that haven't played two games for whatever reason, whether it's COVID-related or just scheduling. There are some teams who have not played um, two games so far. So of teams that have played two games, Pitt is at the top. They are number one in total defense. And then you look and you break it down. In run defense, Pitt is number one in the country. In pass defense, Pitt is number four in the country. In turnovers forced, Pitt is number two in the country. In interceptions, Pitt is number one in the country. And in sacks, Pitt is number one in the country. That is incredible. And again, yes, there's that caveat. And again, it's just two weeks. But still, so far, you're talking about a defense that doesn't really have a single weak spot. Again, there was one bad play against Syracuse. One bad play from Jason Pinnock. Outside of that, the defense was great. And of course, against Austin P, the defense was great. 
So you're talking about a defense that in every unit, when I had uh, Jim Hammond on, we were doing the season preview, you talk about the defensive line, you talk about the linebackers, the defensive back, is there going to be a weak spot in any of those positions? Maybe a corner, maybe a linebacker, anything. So far, no. So far, there isn't a real weak spot. And a lot can change, and Pitt won't be number one for the entirety of the season when Alabama starts playing and, and, and you talk about the SEC coming in. But for now, Pitt is number one in the nation in most of those categories. And it's because, again, one game is Austin P, the other is Syracuse. Neither team is great, but they have played some stellar defense, and that has to account for a lot. And so when you add that all together... It puts Pitt at number 21 in the nation. And that, by the way, that is counting the SEC. I feel like every time I say anything, I've got to add the caveat. That does have the SEC. It does not have the Big Ten. And, of course, doesn't have the Pac-12. So the SEC, even though they haven't played, they are in the rankings. And so even with those teams in, even with Alabama and LSU and all that, you've got Pitt in the rankings at number 21. They moved up from number 25. And... This coming up now, it's things are going to get pretty, pretty crucial uh, for a couple reasons. One, the Big Ten is coming. So now that the Big Ten has decided that they will play a football season, or at least they're going to try to, we'll see if there's a, a second wave come this fall, but they're going to try to play. And that means that coming up, I believe next week, they're going to be included in the rankings, even though, again, they're all just sitting at home. They're going to be included in the rankings. And there's going to be at least one team that doesn't matter what happens if Pitt blows out Louisville. There's going to be at least one team that is ranked above Pitt in the rankings in Ohio State, and there might be more. Penn State might be ranked uh, above Pitt, even though Pitt could be 3-0 and and Penn State hasn't played yet. They could be ranked above. You never know with Michigan where they're going to rank them. Minnesota could be ranked. So there are going to be fewer and fewer spots moving ahead for Pitt to be ranked. And again, that ranking, on one hand, it is trivial, but on the other hand, for a lot of casual fans, a lot of people who who aren't diehard Pitt fans, that's going to mean a lot because when you're talking about, when you're just watching ESPN and you see at the bottom, on, on the bottom line, and they've got all the scores, and they put together the scores of the top 25, and people are going to see Pitt if they're in that top 25. When people are on their sports app, if they're on the CBS sports app, there's a whole separate thing. The top 25 teams are in their own separate category. So when there's a game with a top 25 team, that means, oh, that's a game to watch. That's a game that, that's going to have a, a very good team in it. And that that's pretty big for Pitt. Again, for the casual fan, you know, for the diehards, it's not really going to matter either way. But for the casual fan, it just brings attention to the program where they otherwise might not even think of Pitt and sort of realize, oh, I guess Pitt's good this year because they're ranked. That means that Pitt's pretty good. So holding on to that ranking is important. And they're going to have to go head-to-head -head with another ranked team because Louisville, even after losing to Miami, they did drop in the rankings, but they are still ranked. The Cardinals are currently 24th in the nation. And so this is going to be a ranked battle, 21 versus 24. And this is actually going to be, I know people are going to hate to hear it, this is going to be the first ranked game for Pitt since 2009. Cincinnati kicked to Marty Gilliard. That, that is the last time uh, that this has happened uh, at Heinz Field. So this is, uh, I know that's going to bring up a lot of bad memories for a lot of people, but that was a big game in 2009, and this is going to be a big game. And obviously the circumstances are incredibly different. It's the beginning of the season. There's not a Big East championship on the line. Uh, it's it's two teams that are you know, obviously in, in the 20s in the rankings. 
It's uh, it, it's very early on and a bunch of caveats. But with all that said, Pitt is a ranked team playing another ranked team. It is going to be one of the premier games of the weekend coming up for uh, college football. And Pitt has a chance to make a statement. Uh, Louisville, you know, it's going to be a tough game, but this could be a statement game for the Panthers because of of Louisville, what they've been able to to come up with in terms of program reputation. Again, the fact that both teams are ranked and it's just going to be on a lot of people's radars that a game might not otherwise be if one or both of the teams weren't ranked. It's when people are scrolling through the CBS Sports app. I know for me, if it's a game in the Big 12 or something like that, if it's two teams that are ranked, I'm much more inclined to watch and be interested in that game than just watching some generic you know, TCU, Texas Tech game. And so when both teams are ranked and you, people are going to be seeing the scores on the ESPN bottom line and all that stuff, that's going to be a game people are going to pay attention to. You want to have a good showing. And in a game where Pitt doesn't have too many big games, they, they've had a couple. And normally when they do, they are underestimated and they are a heavy underdog. I'm thinking about the Penn State game a couple years ago when Pitt won 42 uh, to 39. You're thinking about the uh, Clemson game when Pitt beat number two Clemson in Death Valley. You're thinking about the Miami game where Kenny Pickett knocked out Miami from the college football playoff. And in all those games, Pitt was a massive, massive underdog. This is going to be a game where Pitt has a chance to make a statement win, but also they're they're favored. They are slightly favored. And this really, I mean, to me, it's about a toss-up game. And so this is an interesting situation for Pitt, where not only is it a big game, but it's a big game that that they are favored, that they should win, that it wouldn't shock the world if Pitt wins. It would just prove, it, it would make a statement. It would say, hey, we're legit, and we're here, and we're a good football team, and you've got to pay attention to us, and you've got to give us some respect. That's what it would say. Because even you know, if a bad Pitt team or even a mediocre Pitt team beats a great team, like that Miami game a couple years ago, it was a gr- it was a huge win, and a lot of people were excited about it, and it was a lot of fun. But ultimately, it didn't really say a ton about Pitt. It, it didn't say, "Oh, this is a very good team." It said, "Oh, they had a very good game, and maybe in the future they'll be good." And and Miami lost. But this could this could show the nation, "Oh, this Pitt team is good. This is a statement win." And Pitt has the chance to come out and do that on Saturday. So we're going to take a very quick break. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit about Louisville, what they've been doing this season. And uh, then we're going to be talking about where this game will be airing, uh, the same place and the same time that it's aired the last couple of weeks, and uh, what what that pattern says and, and what it means for a lot of people. And then, of course, before we go, we'll be talking about the new uniforms that Pitt has, uh, the alternate uniforms they'll be wearing this week against Louisville. First, we'll take a quick break. Stay with us right here on Unscripted. All right, we are back. So let's talk about Louisville. Uh, they are coming off, as I mentioned, a loss to Miami, 47-34. to The week before that in their opener, they uh, were they were hosting Western Kentucky. In fact, both games were home games. They hosted Western Kentucky. They beat the Hilltoppers by two touchdowns, 35-21. to So you're not talking about a game where they have won against Western Kentucky at home by two touchdowns. They've lost against Miami at home by about two touchdowns. And now they're coming in to play Pitt on the road in their first road game of the season. And basically what we can figure out from Louisville so far, the offense is good. The defense is bad. It's kind of the inverse of Pitt. Now the jury's still out on the offense. They had a day where they looked very good against Austin P 
And they had a day where they looked uh, not so good against Syracuse. So the jury's still out with Pitt, but the the general dynamic where one unit is much better than the other seems to be there with Louisville. It's just flipped. For them, you're talking about a Western Kentucky team that you, you only beat by two touchdowns. And, and again, I know they're not bad, the Hilltoppers, but still, when uh, when you let up three touchdowns to Western Kentucky, it is not ideal. Uh, this just seems to be the, the kind of team that Louisville has. It's generally what they always sort of have. They, they've got a powerful offense. They've got an exciting offense. They've got playmakers that can really explode. And uh, you're, you're, I mean, just go back to the last couple quarterbacks they had um, who uh, you can now see in the NFL between Teddy Bridgewater and, uh, and of course, the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. So this is sort of, this is Louisville's M.O., and they're sticking with it. This is a powerful offense that is really going to put Pitt's defense to the test, but it's a defense that Pitt's offense should be able to capitalize on. Pitt should be able to score at least three touchdowns, if not more, against this Louisville defense. And if they can do that, then the Panthers, they'll win the game because the defense, no matter how good Louisville's offense is, the defense, I believe, can hold Louisville to uh, to about 20, 21 points. It really just sort of comes down to, can the offense get more than three touchdowns? And we'll see. I'm not totally sure. I think this game is going to be very close. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. I think Pitt opened up at at three-and-a-half-point favorites, something like that. That's probably about right. I mean, really, it's a toss-up. Whoever wins this game is probably going to win it by three or four points. And, again, a lot of it, the, the defense will probably do its job. They will probably hold Louisville to about three touchdowns, 21, 24, something like that in terms of what Louisville will score. It's going to be up to Pitt's offense to capitalize on a weak Louisville defense to score at least 24 points, 28, maybe into the 30s. And so we'll see if Pitt can do that. I I mean, I, I can't make a prediction right now, but I, that's exactly how it will need to play out for Pitt to win. And if it doesn't, then Pitt is not going to win this game. I could be wrong. I really don't think Pitt is going to win this game if the final score is 17 to 14. I just don't think if you score two touchdowns against Louisville that you're winning that game. But, you know, I could be wrong, but we'll see. I think this is a game that Pitt's offense has a chance to step up big. Louisville's defense is nothing to really be impressed about. It's a chance to make a statement. And if the offense comes out and they do make a statement, the defense should be able to hold things uh, hold down the fort, and the, you know this could be a big ranked win for Pitt, a ranked Pitt team versus a ranked Louisville team. That would be a big win for the Panthers. In terms of where to watch it, it's going to be the same place that uh, people have had to watch Pitt for the last two weeks, and it's actually going to go on to four weeks because they just announced that Pitt's fourth game against NC State is going to be at the same time at the same network. That is the ACC network, and it is at noon. Now, in terms of the, the content of the ACC network, the people on the ACC network, all that stuff, no complaints whatsoever. Uh, you know, hats off to them. Think they're doing a great job. The problem is the availability and the the viewership that you're going to get on the ACC network that you're going to get at noon on the ACC network. And again, this has nothing to do with the people on it or the, the content, the quality of it, nothing to do with that. The problem is that... The I believe the biggest cable provider, Comcast, I'm actually not positive who's number one, but one of the very biggest cable providers in the country, and certainly in this part of the country where you have a lot of Pitt fans, Comcast, 
still hasn't picked up the ACC network. There is still not a deal for them to have picked up the ACC network, which means that if you have Comcast, whether you're in the Philadelphia area where Comcast is based, whether you're on Pitt's campus in Oakland where they get Comcast and there's really no other option, wherever you are, if you get Comcast, you cannot watch the ACC network if Comcast is your provider. The only way to do uh, to, to watch is to either sign up for one of the streaming cable services like YouTube TV or Hulu Live or whatever, or find some sort of other way because there's not even uh, a, a chance anymore for people to go to a sports bar or to a restaurant and go watch the game there because you, you just shouldn't be going to a sports bar or to a restaurant to watch a football game for, for over three hours in the middle of a pandemic. So really all of you should be at home or around very close people. And what that means is that, that you can't, uh, you, you can't watch this game if you have Comcast. And that means that, that tons of people who have Comcast, millions of people cannot watch this game and they can't what they couldn't watch last week's game. They can't watch next week's game against NC state, but really this is the big one. They cannot watch this game, even with the limited competition. ESPN doesn't have a big 10 game to put on in that primetime slot on ABC. I think the biggest problem probably is that they had Louisville in that primetime spot last week in their Miami game. And they probably didn't want to put Louisville in back-to-back weeks into that primetime slot. But you're talking about two ranked teams. And, and they, by the way, they were ranked, I believe, when they made the announcement. I believe it was after week one that they made the announcement that it was going to be a noon game. Uh, so Pitt was ranked 25 and Louisville was ranked. So both teams, when they made the announcement, were ranked. It was going to be a big game. And they didn't put them in their primetime slot in uh, on ABC. They didn't even put them at like a 4 o'clock slot on ESPN. They put it on the ACC network at noon where a lot of people can't watch and some more people won't watch. Because a lot of people, they're doing stuff in the middle of Saturday. They'll, they'll watch the games in the evening. They'll even watch the games in the late afternoon. But they're not going to really care at noon on a Saturday. And that's a problem that... When you're talking about accessibility, you're talking about viewership, that Pitt cannot be seen by a ton, a ton of people. That is a major problem that even in the smaller games, that's a problem because you've got a lot of Pitt fans and and just in general people who want to watch Pitt who are in this region who have Comcast or for whatever reason can't get the ACC network. And they can't watch Pitt. So that's a problem week in, week out. That's a problem for Syracuse. It's a problem for NC State. And... It's especially a problem in this week. This is a big game. And the fact that so much of the country cannot watch it on their TV in a in a sport, college football, where you can watch every game. That's the beauty of college football is that you can watch pretty much every game. It's not the case with the NFL where you can watch two or three games uh, in an afternoon out of. 13. It's not the case case with MLB, which is a pretty local thing. It's not the case with NBA uh, during the regular season. It is the case with college football. It's the beauty of it. If there is a random game that you see on the score bug is really close or it seems exciting or people on Twitter are talking about something crazy is happening, you can watch it. You can watch because with all the different networks, with the ESPN family of networks and Fox and, and CBS and all that stuff, you can watch pretty much anything. You cannot watch the ACC network if you have Comcast, and a lot of people don't. And on top of that, again, the fact that it's noon, you don't really generate hype. You don't really generate that excitement for a noon game 
when it comes to college football, and that is what Pitt's first four games are all going to be. They're all going to be noon kickoffs, not 3.30 or 4, not 7.30 or 8. They're all going to be noon kickoffs, and they're all going to be on the ACC network where a lot of people can't watch them. So it's unfortunate. We'll see what happens moving forward. I really hope that the ACC network can get onto Comcast. They can strike a deal. This is the second season. It still hasn't happened. And so far, it's a problem because that's where Pitt is playing, and that means that a lot of people cannot watch the Panthers. So one more thing I want to hit on before we go is the alternate uniforms we're going to see. Pitt brought out, they made the announcement, they are going to have alternate uniforms for, I believe, I mean, I guess you could count the current uniforms, the the script Pitt that everyone knows and loves as alternates when Pitt was back with the the block script and, and all that, you know, during the Steve Peterson era. I guess you could count that as alternate, but it wasn't really alternate. It really felt more like the main uh, uniform because it, it mostly was in the past. Uh, this is the first time, I believe, really since the pro combat uniforms. I think that was over a decade ago or about a decade ago uh, that Pitt had in uh, against West Virginia. So they announced an alternate uniform. We haven't seen a ton of it. We've seen they had a, a hype video. We've seen some pictures, some close ups. Uh, it's tough to say because there's not a ton of light, and it's obviously going to look different when you're talking about outside at noon on Saturday. So it'll look different than even it does to in the video than it does in in the uh, in the locker rooms right now at the facilities. Look different than it would in if the game were played on Saturday night. It would probably pop a little bit better on Saturday night, but we'll see how it looks on Saturday at noon. That said, from what we have seen. It looks pretty cool. It is basically the concept is they're going with Pittsburgh themed steel. And so it's it's steel gray alternates. The base uniform, base color is very close to black. It seems like it's not quite black. It's it's a very dark gray, a steel gray. And then the numbers and some of the accents are going to be in a lighter uh, like sheet metal uh, sort of a gray or silver. And so it's sort of. You know, it's harkening back, obviously, to Pittsburgh and steel and all that, uh, but it, it's sort of doing their own thing. And I like it. I mean, I, I always thought the pit would look good with black uniforms. I think most teams can pull off black alternates. If you're going to have an alternate, uh, I w- you know, I think it would look good in black because you can't really improve on the blue and the white two options that, that they've got currently going. I don't think I'd want to see a yellow uh, alternate jersey for Pitt. I don't. I don't think it would work. I might be wrong, but I don't think it would work. I would love to see a blue helmet, maybe a matte blue helmet, uh, sometime in the future. But in terms of jerseys and and uniforms in general, go a lot of teams go for the black because it can it can work with a lot of things. Now, normally you go with a black uniform, and then you'll have the accent colors are your school colors, and so it would be black with some blue and some yellow. We sort of saw that with Pitt basketball when they went with their blackout unis, uh, that they were black with yellow and blue or or one or the other. And that's what most schools do when North Carolina does their alternates. It's black uniforms with that, uh, that Argyle, you know, that Carolina blue. When the Boston Celtics are in the playoffs, you see they're wearing black uniforms with the Celtic green. The Lakers are wearing black uniforms with the Lakers yellow. So that's normally what we see. In this case, they're really hearkening for that steel thing. So they're going heavy on the on the grays. And normally I think gray is ugly. I think the way, so again, so far from what we've seen, I think it works. Uh, it, it seems like it'll be really cool. Again, we'll wait to see uh, how it looks on uh, on Saturday at noon. But it seems like it'll be uh, really cool. It was a, a good 
sort of rollout. They have merchandise that they're already selling. So uh, props to Heather like in the athletic department for just showing that, that competency to when you have some new branding that you can actually sell it. And I like that it... Uh, when they first made the teaser, it seemed like, okay, this looks like it's going to be black uniforms and it's probably going to be black and yellow and it'll be like all the Pittsburgh stuff. It'll be like the Steelers. I like that it's not that. I like that it's unique. One thing that's cool about Pitt, even though the Pittsburgh has the cool thing with the city where all the teams wear the same color as the pro teams, they all wear black and yellow. I like that Pitt is separate. I like that Pitt is able to do their own thing and it's it's the blue and gold. I mean, it's, it's in the fight song. So... I, I like that that's separate, and I like that in this alternate uniform where uh, you're, you're paying homage to the city and the, the history of the city and, you know, the Steel City, all that stuff, that you're doing that. You're not just copying what the Steelers would do. You're not just copying other teams because at that point, it, it just if you're going to do that, it just looks silly. It just looks almost like a knockoff. Uh, you know, counterfeited Steelers jersey if it's just going to be, oh, we're going to have a black uniform with with yellow. I mean, that would just look like a knockoff Steelers jersey that comes from China. In this case, they wanted to take that same uh, uni- that, that quality, that, that steel grit of Pittsburgh, if you will, and they wanted to sort of make their own unique alternates. And I think they did that. I, I think that, you know, having that that dark, that steel gray, uh, will, will look really good. I think having the sheet metal grade a complement it will look good. They have a lot of cool details on there. I, on the on the collar, they've got what's uh, some of the the design that's in the Cathedral of Learning. They've got that. They've got the panther head on the helmets. That should look pretty cool. Looks sort of like it's been forged in steel. Uh, they've they've got. Uh, Similar to the USS logo, US Steel, they've got uh, H2P on the sleeve. They've got a guy, I don't know if it's supposed to be one person individually or just generic, but they've got a guy uh, forging steel on the jersey. So, I mean, they're heavy on that theme, but again, I like that the colors aren't just black and yellow. They sort of made their own thing. Uh, it, it's it's not my absolute favorite, and when you've got uniforms as great as Pitt has, uh, as you know, the, the Pitt script with the blue... It's not going to beat that, but for a one-off for once a season, again, you'd hope it's under the lights, but for, uh, for, and I, my guess is they were probably assuming that it would be, uh, but for a one-off for an alternate Jersey, I think it is really cool. I think it's a cool idea. I think it gets the city involved and, uh, I, I think it'll be something sort of pops and, and people pay attention to again as that one-off. So, uh, like I said, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see on Saturday how it looks. Won't be under the lights, but it'll, uh, it'll be in the sun. And so we'll see how the uniforms look. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you can, uh, tweet me at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E-C-O-H-E-N. You can also comment on Cardiac Hill for the post that we'll put out there. Before we go Panther of the Week, I'll go Rashad Weaver. It's got to be someone from the defense. He was Walter Camp Defensive Player of the Week, and uh, mostly for the huge comeback that he's had, struggling from injuries. He's been able uh, to, to come back to the Panthers, get back on the field, and that's a big thing for him. And uh, it was great to see him have a, a nice day out there on Saturday. We'll see if it continues. Uh, again, please uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. You can find the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just search for Cardiac Hill and subscribe. That way, they will get uh, put. They'll be put on your phone right when they come out. Uh, next week, we should be back to the regular schedule to put this episode out on Monday. Until then, uh, keep 
checkingcardiachill.com. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Corey E. Cohen. And until next week, I'm Corey Cohen signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.